if it can serve a purpose and bless others in the process and it works for everybody, we're open to any possibility. I don't know yet, but where we came from to where we are, it's exciting to see what the next four or five, six years are because it's so early in the cannabis industry as well. That, and even plant-based. I used to hear plant-based and now you turn on the television and Tide is using plant-based detergents and everybody's vegan and everybody, my son is vegan. And now, you know, it's just like, wow. And it's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Welcome to Fascinating Entrepreneurs. How do people end up becoming an entrepreneur? How do they scale and grow their businesses? How do they plan for profit? Are they in it for life or are they building to exit? These and a myriad of other topics will be discussed to pull back the veil on the wizardry of successful and fascinating entrepreneurs. Did you know that I love helping entrepreneurs like you scale and grow your business efficiently to enable revenue and profits to grow faster so you can enjoy the fruits of your labor more fully? I use real-world experience of owning and running a profitable multi-million dollar company that has been on the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing companies in America for three years in a row. That coupled with studies at Babson College, the Entrepreneurial Master's Program at MIT and Harvard gives me the unique ability to help entrepreneurs see your blind spots and move over the road bumps faster. I help entrepreneurs like you break through your plateau and reach higher levels of achievement. For more information, go to my website, natashamiller.co. How does this entrepreneur go from Prada and Versace in the apparel industry to the cannabis and nutraceutical-infused drinks world? In this episode, Marcello Leone of BevCanna in Canada has an incredible story to share with lessons for all entrepreneurs to learn from. Now let's get right into it. Shall I start to when I was 13 years old? So let me give you a quick snapshot. I'm 53. The last 40 years, I come from an entrepreneur family. Mom and dad started off when I was 13 years old. I started working in the family business, in the apparel business. We grew that to becoming the largest independent specialty retailer in Canada, where we own the Johnny Versace franchise and the Dolce Gabbana franchise and Prada. And then when we exited and sold our business, the family business, when I was about 42 years old, my wife and I kind of looked at the journey of what does a white space look like over the next 10 to 20 years? And we knew our path was going to be, it's a little bit nerve wracking when you start something, you're in a family run business, and then you start all over again. And the white space for us was the health and wellness sector. And so we kind of dove into that area and invested in a beverage company. and kind of that's where the journey ended up where we are here today. So, Did yeah, you consider very much yourself entrepreneur. an entrepreneur when you were working in your family business or was that your parents were the entrepreneurs and you were the legacy? Yeah, I guess I looked at us mom and dad as the entrepreneurs. And then when I graduated from university and I saw some of the adversity they were going through and I really made sure that I no summers enjoying no long trips. I kind of went right away to work in the family business. So I kind of feel like the whole family, we were all entrepreneurs. And But through that journey, I always knew that that would kind of probably change and I'd be on my own at some point someday. And the journey of being an entrepreneur is definitely 
can be a challenging one, a rewarding one, and a scary one. So it's yeah, all it's, those uh, things. Yeah. So when you first started your beverage company, what kind of beverages were you selling? About nine years ago, I used to get walking pneumonia a couple of times a year and I used to get my runner's knee. And a friend of mine came over to my house and she had introduced me to this concentrate nutraceutical product that had many health benefits to it. And at first I was a little bit suspect and I was like, oh, come on. And is that possible? So I ended up trying the product. She said, just take the product for 30 days to 60 days, see how it helps you. Anyway, long and short of it now, it's been almost nine years. I used to get walking pneumonia, as I mentioned. I haven't had a cold in nine years, no flu shots. My runner's knee comes on every couple of months versus every other day. And I fell in love with the product. And so us crazy entrepreneurs, I kind of use the analogy of if you've ever watched the movie Field of Dreams, build it and they shall come. come. Uh And you pray for that, right? And so I love the product so much that I was introduced. I invested in the company. And then I really, really loved it to the point where I kept saying to my wife, wow, this is amazing. Could you imagine if we could have global adoption and creating from the nutraceutical, creating a ready-to-drink version that we could offer to the public that is actually water infused with ancient minerals and could actually do good for you. I said, wow, that could be amazing. That sounds amazing. Tell me about the nutraceutical company that you invested in. Was it a mom and pop shop? Was it a larger corporation? It, It was a mom and pop, two interesting individuals that created a product and real entrepreneurs. And so I was always there for them and shared with them that if it doesn't work out for some reason, this is such a great product. I'd be interested to perhaps try the journey myself with you guys. Mm -hmm. And if you guys don't want to carry it on, I'll carry it on. And they decided not to and became a shareholder in the company with me because I really liked what they did. And I went on this journey and it was a one heck of a journey. And what did I know coming from the apparel industry, except that I knew people want to be healthy, et cetera. And I knew where the movement in the marketplace was going. Cause when you're in the apparel fashion business, you kind of pretty well aware of what's the movements that are going on. At uh, that time, had they done testing? Were there any trials or any sort of, yeah, this the does first thing this? That, yeah, great question. I love the product so much. And I was a naive entrepreneur in this field. And so I did not know what is the compliance procedure when you want to get to a ready to drink into the marketplace or you want to get concentrate nutraceuticals into the marketplace? I had no idea, but I learned very quickly. And so they did not have that compliance. And I worked uh, for the first six years. So picture starting the business and wanting to sell products, but knowing that you really could not do any national distribution whatsoever because you couldn't even bring it into the United States because it was so new with these minerals that you needed to get the compliance with Health Canada, which is your equivalent to US FDA. I didn't know. I learned fast when you're an entrepreneur and you got to pay and make sure things are getting and you want to hit revenue. And it was like the most interesting six years. So I kind of... Were you pre-revenue for those first six years? We were pre-revenue for those first six years. You are tough. You are a tough dude. We were able to sell some products in the local market for testing. And we were working with Health Canada for getting the compliance for CFIA compliance, which we hold today. And yeah, that becomes a frustrating process because you have, where you're starting to build relationships with retailers, et cetera, and your products and your product might hit the shelf on a local retailer. You open your door for business. And so 
you have to stay in business. So you can't hide away in an office somewhere you're there. And so what I did was when I was with my group of individuals and teammates, and I said, wouldn't it be awesome to take this concentrate that we could put into protein shakes or into a coffee or a tea, whatever you'd like to put into your own bottled water, if you choose to, and get a daily dose like that. And some people like to add more, a couple of teaspoons so that they actually taste the minerals. So they like to feel the minerals. So they feel that the efficacy is getting done. There's people like that. And then you'll get people that you want them to go into the ready to drink coolers across national retailers and buy that beverage that's cold for them and tastes great. And it has the benefits of plant-based minerals. But the funny part was that you wanted it to taste great and infusing with minerals or any kind of infusion process you go through. It was interesting that as we were building the ready to drink beverage, that was getting it perfect to be able to still have the efficacy of the products and being able that when you do drink it and it's naturally turns black, once you infuse it with the minerals, with the plant-based is that when you drink it, it tastes like the finest natural spring water in probably the world because it that comes must be from- very confusing if you're drinking something that is a color you're not used to with a taste of something the opposite color right if you think about it we drink coffee we drink tea we drink coca-cola we drink black it just becomes adoption and accustomed to it so the water source was very very important for us so in this six-year process of waiting for compliance for full national distribution etc we ended up going into a soyas british columbia which is equivalent to napa valley down in your neck of the woods and we were able to find this great little i said to the team the base of this beverage has to taste like the finest water in the world and so we found a natural alkaline spring source untouched by man on a very small little bottling facility in the middle of a mountain called anarchist mountain very secluded but very beautiful no buildings around, just beautiful nature. And the water was untouched by man and it came directly from our aquifer into the bottling facility. And we would infuse our beverages, whether it was plant-based or our alkaline beverage. And that was a challenge. I remember when we acquired the facility, we had one small bottling machine and I have tremendous respect for the founder of that business, who's still a shareholder in our company today. Great entrepreneur. I used to be a truck driver and saw the opportunity of bottling water in the beautiful area, had only one bottling machine with elastic bands holding the bottling machines. So this sounds very reminiscent of, I interviewed Kara Golden of Hint Water a few months ago and listening to her story about how to find those infusion tastes that were right on, not a couple clicks to the left or the right, just right on. It just seemed like splitting hairs, but they did it and you're doing it. So let me ask you about your company. Your company's name is BevCanna, correct? Yes, ma'am. So talk to us about BevCanna and what you do now, six years after this long waiting period. So BevCanna today is a diversified health and wellness company. We focus on manufacturing our range of plant-based and cannabis-infused beverages and nutraceuticals for either our own brands or white label clients as well. So we evolved from the CPG side of the business, where today, when we acquired the bottling facility and the uh, aquifer, we expanded the bottling facility from 6,000 square feet to 42,000 square feet. And what we did was we allocated 10,000 square feet, which became licensed 
standard processing license with Health Canada, which allows us to do CBD, hemp-infused, and cannabis-infused beverages. Anarchist Mountain is one of our brands in-house that we have for the cannabis industry, CBD, etc. And then 32,000 square feet of the business is our regular bottling and manufacturing where we do alkaline water, plant-based beverages. And we also offer for national retailers to offer them white label services as well. So what's nice How is that How big is that part of your business, the white label? The white label part of the business on the cannabis side of the business, we're forecasting. We just received our standard processing license. So that again, this has been a nine-year journey. It has taken almost nine years from the CPG side to the CFIA compliance to then getting the Health Canada license, which we received in February. When you look at the white label size of the business, you could probably, if you offer a great service where someone who barrier to entry is very difficult and they need that service that somebody can say, by the way, Natasha, would you like to, you have a brand. Great. Do you have your formulations? Yes, we do. Okay, great. Would you like to have a form factor of RPET plastic? Would you like aluminum cans? Would you like glass? We have the opportunity to blow bottles as well. So we have a full one-stop shop that we can offer. Uh full service. It helps a lot of these younger entrepreneurs and national clients. We can produce close to, on an annual basis, over 220 million units. So it is a state-of-the-art facility today after nine years. And um, Do you think one side or the other will take over at some point? <laughs> I think they're both great. What is the marketplace today wants health and wellness? And we're really on the cusp of CBD-infused beverages. We're on the cusp of plant-based beverages. We're ready for functional beverages. We're ready for the future. So I think white label side of the business could easily be 50% to 60%. And then building a brand is not an easy exercise either. So our plant-based and our beverage brand called Trace is in about 3,000 points of distribution. We foresee that- Is it available uh, in the United States? We're getting ready. We just announced that we're getting ready to launch into the United States. We just signed up our great uh, distribution partner down in the US, a good distributor by the name of Benefit Brands. So we're going to start in the next probably 30, 45 days. We'll be launching in California, Midwest, and New York. And we're also getting tremendous interest in Southeast Asia. So it takes time to build brand. It takes time to- keep those products when you do have a brand on the shelves and make sure that you keep those listings. And so, yeah, and we're excited about it. what is your price point compared to your competitors? Are you coming in high? No, we're pretty well. Our daily dose for our concentrate on a daily basis is about $30 a month, so a dollar a day. And on our beverages, we retail between $1.95 to two and a quarter. And on our alkaline sources, if you want to be conscious of recycling, which we all should be, et cetera, the aluminums are always a little bit more expensive. So they range between two and a quarter to 275, depending on the retailer. And then the larger one liters, and we can build from small shots all the way up to five gallon beverage bottles. And so we have the full format pricing for us is just offering a great product at a price. You got to know your market. You have to know when you're building a product that you're not necessarily an Evian and you must have a point of difference. And we really are excited with our point of difference and we try to keep it very affordable. So we don't try to go on the premium high end at all. How much of your past expertise in apparel and your parents' company lent itself to running this business? I mean, you've brought a lot of it in-house. You're kind of taking care of every checkbox and it seems like you're really owning much of the journey of your business right now. So were you prepared, especially? 
I was equipped to handle hard work. When you're in a family-run business, you may have family members that pick up some of the responsibilities. And so when you're on your own as an entrepreneur, you're dealing with everything. And there are hurdles and there are challenges and there will be failures along the way and there will be difficult periods. And so that's something that you have to be really mentally strong for because we'd all love it to be easy. It's just not. And it when wouldn't it be is, that much fun if it were just easy. No, no, it wouldn't. But on the other side, sometimes it really is difficult for, and I look at it for a lot, everyone, where we all come from and where today's desire and ambition, and you hear everyone that wants to be that entrepreneur and start their company and not the easiest process. For some people, they hit it. It's easy. Wow, they created something and it just took off. Well, for all of us entrepreneurs, it's a, how about for all of us that have suffered? And I think if you're going to be a successful entrepreneur, you probably have failed somewhere along the way. And if you have not failed, it'll it is come. something, it'll come <laughs> and it will build you to become a better person and a better entrepreneur because without that experience, it's very difficult. How many employees do you have right now as of today? Employees. I say my partners because you know what? We have great people. They are talented, talented at what they do. We're about 24 to 25 people today, real experts at what they do. And you know, did I went COVID through the- have any bearing at all on your business in the past COVID year? did, sure, because it affected the retailers. People couldn't go into the stores. People were buying more value packs. You weren't able to show your new SKUs to any of the buyers. You weren't able to go into their offices. It definitely affected the whole flow for a good year. It really hit everybody. So what right now today is the number one challenge that you are trying to solve for in the business? Getting more and more customers. Once you've set up the foundation and you've built the foundation and you've got that and now you're out there and getting more distribution for our own products. That's always without distribution. It's very, very difficult. So you've got to make sure that you do have that innovation. Otherwise, you're not going to get the distribution. And then offering the white label opportunities. And that's when you have to also be creative in form factors and different form factors that other producers don't have so that you can offer those clients the opportunity to do a small shot or a can or a two liter or one and a half liter bottle or a five gallon drum if they choose to. So so you know, how are for, you going about getting new customers or more customers? What well, is we your have great, strategy? Have a great, we have a great sales team. And so they're experienced in the CPG space and in the cannabis space. You know, it's great to see that they have relationship. As an entrepreneur, I may be great at setting up the foundation. But if I haven't spent 10 years into the field knowing those relationships with customers and retailers, you need a balance of all that as well. So the sales component you want to put together a very strong team of people that have experience in the field. And we've got our president is wonderful. She comes from Pepsi and she was head of innovation at Pepsi. Malice. she's awesome. And our VPs of sales come from Colgate and some of the big multinationals. So we're in Vancouver, they're in Ontario because that's where it is, right? That's the majority of the hub is right there in Toronto. And that's where some of the bigger nationals are. So we make the investment to try to, and then get creative and listen to why we may not get the sale. Or we may not get the account. And what is it that you need? And that's the beautiful thing about being a little bit more that entrepreneur and you can be a lot more fluid versus being a huge conglomerate company. That allows us to offer those offerings that we're listening to the retailers and they're saying, we need more of this or we need more of that. So it it helped us build our landscape of form factors and services that we offer to know what's missing in the marketplace. I'm guessing 
I should know the answer to this, but you can't ship cannabis infused products like through Amazon. Is that correct? You cannot ship right. anything. How about yeah. nutraceuticals? You can do nutraceuticals, but they cannot be infused with cannabis or CBD. Right. So I'm just wondering, will you go that route of mail order Amazon type? Sure. And so what we did with Bevcana is, is understanding how big the U.S. market is and how I think every U.S. brand wants to be in Canada, like the alcohol industry, and every Canadian brand wants to be in the United States as it's the most important market in the world. I think that we need that federal legalization on the United States side. And then what will that mean? Will that mean that that federal legalization will allow both countries to ship products back and forth across? We hope so. We're not sure. And we don't know when that will happen. So what we did is we acquired a direct-to-consumer online company in the United States called puretherapy.com. And it had three years of history down in the US. And it was a platform, direct-to-consumer platform that allows us to sell nutraceuticals and hemp-derived CBD products. And you can order them online and we can ship direct. So yes, definitely you have to have that aspect of online. And then make sure you understand the laws between Canada, the United States, international, because there's many criteria. But we own a division called Pure Therapy as well, so that we could get that experience and be ready for the opening of more legalization in the United States, which we think we see more and more discussions with the new CBD laws that are looking to come into effect. And there's some good points to that. And there's some bad points to that because they want to allow certain CBD products and then not allow other CBD products. So we need clarity on that. And we're well positioned. We're well positioned up in Canada because there's only three or four companies that do what we do. And we're probably the most diverse out of all of them that have the amount of variety of form factors and services that we do offer. And the United States is something that, you know, it's the biggest market in the world. We're just waiting to see when and how and how is that going to roll out. So you got to be ready and you got to, e-com is a big, big, big uh, part of it. And we're looking at further acquisitions as well. And so that is- it is typical for a company like yours to acquire so many of these companies that are necessary instead of going outside. I love that idea. And right now, acquiring a company is, I'm not saying in your space necessarily, but it can be inexpensive and it can be a much faster way to scale up your company. You know, we're a public company. There's a lot of companies out there that together, synergistically, we are so much stronger together than we would be on our own. And so it gives all of the consumers and the stakeholders and everyone that's involved in the process that opportunity to merge and be synergistic and scale and scale in an industry where beverage industry, CPG, normal cannabis infused beverages will be, in my opinion, cannabis and CBD infused beverages are healthier for you than alcohol. So you can imagine where this industry is going. And I'm pretty excited about where we're at. I just loved the idea that you are able to, with maybe funding or just the resources that you have, acquire businesses that are really meaningful to scale and grow your company. It's very smart. And I think a lot of people shy away from making those investments because they're not necessarily looking at 10 to 20 years down the line. They're looking at, oh gosh, that's more people, that's more real estate, that's more debt. And you seem to have no problem acquiring the companies that you need. I think in this industry, there is, there will be 
an introduction of more and more major companies entering the space and therefore consolidation will happen. And therefore, if you can build a strong enough base and a business with interesting products and points of difference, when that consolidation occurs or somebody or the bigger multinational, big tobacco, big pharma, big alcohol wishes to get into the space, do you have the foundation and the components of your business model that could be beneficial, not only for you to grow and scale at a good rate, but also could you be of some interest to future companies that are much bigger that would like to potentially join you, acquire you, you never know. So yeah, you're starting to see more and more in the space. I think that that would just, it's prudent to be smart that way. So at the beginning of this year, when you were looking at your growth plan, Was there one major overwhelming strategy that your team and you are focusing on to scale and grow? On the cannabis side of the business, we were waiting two and a half years to get the license because there's a procedure. So we were blessed to get it in February and we did not wish to be a one-legged stool. So Mm -hmm. we really went out to build a model that would be somewhat of a four-legged stool so that we have balance. And so even three um, legs are good for balance. Even three legs, you know, our <laughs> CFO, he loves to always say to me, Marcello, three legs. I'm like, John, four legs is even better. So we really focused on our CPG side of the business and expanding the white label side of the business on the CPG side. We looked at the cannabis side of the business in Canada and having that proprietary and exclusivity by being one of the very few in licenses. So we had another revenue generating source there with our own brand and therefore the ability on both of these fronts to offer white label services, which not many people can do. And then being ready and understanding commercialization in the United States and that we can't ship product down to the US, but we need to be in the United States of America. And we need to get familiarized as many US companies are getting familiarized with the industry up in Canada that people don't even talk about, but are testing and checking and looking at logistics and testing out products and getting ready for inevitably everyone they'll want to be in the space. So the direct-to-consumer site was important for us to acquire Pure Therapy. So that gave us a third revenue generator. And then commercialization of our CPG products into the United States. So we announced about two, three weeks ago that we have a great manufacturing partner in California so that we can build our plant-based beverages and our alkalinity water, et cetera, so we can go to market with that. And then making sure that when we get ready for commercialization for our cannabis beverages in the U.S., that we did not do that just as a smaller Canadian brand because U.S. is much bigger than Canada. So we looked at who is the number one player in the United States? Who could we say would be that number one brand that Canadians would love to have up in Canada and could maybe be a very strong partner for us in the U.S. if we wish to reciprocate to go south? And so we partnered with a great brand you guys have in the United States called Keefe Beverages. Mm -hmm. Based out of Colorado, last year in 2020, they were the number one in dollars sold and units sold. So they're the number one beverage out of the United States. We partnered with Keith so that we produce all of their beverages in Canada and we're responsible for all of their distribution and sales in Canada as well. So that solidified a very strong brand 
that added on to our other white label clients and our own brand. And then it allowed the relationship that when we get ready to go into the United States, you have a partner that has over 1,300 points of distribution already. Yeah, the strategic partnership that you developed right there. This is great. This is like a business masterclass for people. I have a few friends that own beverage companies. They're smaller. And I wonder if they listen to this, that they get the inspiration to go bigger. Yeah. You know, I come from a mom and pop beginnings. So when we started to make these acquisitions, et cetera, it was amazing with the synergies. Where you have the synergies and there's something unique that you may have. And it may not be just your product. It could be the whole infrastructure that you have. It could be the brain trust that you have. It's amazing what kind of business can get done. And so Keith allows us to play in the United States and be able to go state to state and produce our products in an infrastructure and structure where Keith already has all those relationships. So it's a nice way to move into the U.S. for us. If we had to start from scratch and test out this manufacturer and test out this and check that, and that delays the whole process by another probably year, year and a half. Yeah, to and get you've it waited right. long enough already. So, Nine years. Yes. So when you started this company and now, are you building it to sell? Are you building it to be a legacy built business? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. I don't know. I think one thing I learned as an entrepreneur is build it and you never know. You never know what happens. It would be foolish of me or when I hear somebody say, absolutely not. I'm keeping it for... I know, used to say I, that. I did too. And that's yeah. why I would say to you that I learned that through the hard way. And I had an experience with one of our companies and we had a real good possibility that somebody could have acquired us. And it would have been just like, wow, you would have heard it. You would have been like, whoa. And the natural typical entrepreneur is like, oh, no, I can't do that. That's my baby. I just know I can't do that. And so, yeah, I think we look at the opportunity that the business can stand on its own, no matter where it goes for the next 30, 40 or 50 years. And whether it's us there or whether it's someone else, that if it can serve a purpose and bless others in the process and it works for everybody, we're open to any possibility. I don't know yet, but where we came from to where we are, it's exciting to see what the next four or five, six years are because it's so early in the cannabis industry as well. That, and even plant-based. I used to hear plant-based and now you turn on the television and Tide is using plant-based detergents and everybody's vegan and everybody, my son is vegan. And now, you know, it's just like, wow. And it's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Marcello shared with us so much about the beverage industry and also about how important it is to acquire other businesses to support your core business. For more information about Marcello or BevCana, please go to the show notes where you're listening to this podcast. For more information about me, go to my website, natashamiller.co. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you loved the show. If you did, please subscribe. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please leave a review where you're listening to this podcast now. I'm Natasha Miller, and you've been listening to Fascinating Entrepreneurs.